0: If you've experienced the cycle of toxic relationships and you're sick and tired of feeling stuck, sad, and lonely, now is the time to heal and create your best life. In this podcast, you'll hear world-class toxic relationship recovery expert Stephanie McPhail sharing the support, guidance, and tools you need so you can be truly happy whether you're single or in a relationship. She is the real deal. I should know. She's my wife. Here's your host, Stephanie.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxic Love Podcast. I'm your host Stephanie McPhail. This is my husband David Sharon. Hey everybody. We are so excited to talk about the topic that we're bringing you tonight, which is why we keep attracting toxic people into our lives. This was something that was a big issue for me was that I kept finding myself with different faces, the same types of people, even though they were different relationships, whether romantic relationships. Work relationships, family relationships, I kept finding that I was being attracted to toxic people. I don't know if that resonates for anybody who's listening right now, but that seems to be a big theme for a lot of people that we work with.
0: Yeah. If you feel like you're sort of a relationship shit magnet, we're going to talk a little bit about primarily what to look out for, right? If you want to know how to navigate, you got to know where you're at. Why a lot of these patterns develop and what you can do to break out of them.
1: So you might notice that you've had, or you've had a few of these things going on in your relationships constant criticism, gaslighting, manipulation, jealousy, possessiveness, violence or threats of violence, Uh, Maybe your partner makes all the decisions, financial control, isolation from friends and family. The person is dishonest. There's a lot of secrecy going on, emotional unavailability, so that when you're maybe fighting, you're losing them, you're not able to have a conversation about it. And that's just to name a few. And I've had, you can have all of those things going on. You might have just a few of those things going on, but those are all toxic traits that we see constantly in these types of relationships. So it's really important to recognize and address the core why we keep getting stuck with these same types of people.
0: 100.
1: So the most common reasons why we stay in these types of constant unhealthy patterns is hands down because we haven't healed. That's like the big overview is because we haven't healed. And, you know, once we start doing the work and we start peeling back the onion of the different layers of why we're doing it, then we can start to understand what we need to change to make things differently. If you are someone who has grown up with childhood trauma, You've had alcoholism, drug addiction, abuse, families that were unable to speak with each other. You didn't feel heard when you were a child, all of the neglectful households, all of those things would prepare you for these types of toxic relationships. If you yourself have had a traumatic experience in the past, that can also add to it. So if you have low self-esteem, low self-worth, all of those things are going to be pretty much setting you up for these types of toxic relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to
0: add to that? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the thing is, sometimes you got more overt, obvious forms of abuse, physical abuse and stuff like that. But even those subtle things like neglect being made to feel that your feelings are not valid or important, mm-hmm. those can really have a, a detrimental effect as well.
1: And that's really important. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because... I find sometimes you know that some of those clear childhood trauma experiences that's obvious and then I have some people that come to me and they say oh I had a great childhood parents were great everything was wonderful and then as we start looking into it with a little bit more of a magnifying glass We start seeing that the way that mom and dad maybe talked to each other wasn't so great or there was a divorce and there's a lot of fighting that was going on in between the two or they felt like their siblings mattered, but they didn't. And so, again, all of those things, you start to look at it and we might have brushed them off because we didn't realize how it was affecting us. But as we look at it as an adult, we're like, oh, wow, okay, that is definitely something that would set me up for toxicity.
0: Yeah, I think it's often downplayed, too, because a lot of times society suggests that these sort of dynamics are normal.
1: And And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know, parents are busy, they're both working, working multiple jobs, they barely have enough time to get home and make dinner before you, you know, get ready for bed. Mm -hmm. Society might suggest that that's just normal. Meanwhile, that's not what I would consider the foundation of a healthy, happy household that's going to prepare you for success as an adult in relationships.
1: Yeah, I know, I know that's something that we've been finding even with our own kids is making sure that they feel like they can talk to us about things because that's something that we didn't really feel like we could speak up for things. There were things that I didn't, I wouldn't even have thought about bringing up and even if I did, it wouldn't have even mattered necessarily. And when my, I wrote my book, Being Loved Should Hurt, it is about changing that feeling that you have inside of you of what home truly feels like. So if home to you feels like stress, overwhelms, you know, fighting for all of those things, then that's naturally what we're going to be led for. So, or led to. So as soon as we see one of those relationships and get into one of those relationships, we're going to say like, okay, this is love. Okay, this is good. I need to fight for this. I need to make this work because this is what love actually is. Absolutely. So another one is just repetition. So unconsciously needing to replay unresolved issues from the past in an attempt to fix them. So we keep reliving the same patterns over and over again, because there's a part of us that wants it to play out differently next time. But the reality is that if we keep doing the same things over and over again, the same results are going to happen. Absolutely. But there's that part of us that wants that will automatically try to replay those issues that we had, maybe with our parents, with a sibling, with a past relationship, because we haven't done the healing that we need. And so therefore maybe we're feeling guilty or shameful for things that have happened. And we're trying to make those things change. I know that after my first long-term relationship, I definitely had not done the work that I needed. And when I got into my next relationship, I didn't realize how much I still had a lot of guilt over letting him go when things were really bad because he had slumped into a depression and was abusing drugs and alcohol. And I had to walk away from myself, but there was still that piece of me that was, that felt so badly that I let him go when things were so bad. I ended up sticking around way longer in my first marriage because of that guilt that I still had.
0: Yeah, And part of the reason that these patterns continue on and on is because like you said, they are unconscious. Mm-hmm. They run in the background We assume that's just part of our normal outlook, our worldview. And because the outcomes of these patterns are painful, a lot of times we're unable for whatever reason to actually take a look at these, bring these unconscious patterns into the light of our conscious awareness. So we can even examine them and decide, okay, is this actually supporting where I want to go?
1: I think that's the important thing is where a lot of us are in automatic mode. We go to what feels natural, but if what feels natural to us is not healthy, We're going to keep doing those unhealthy things. As we learn to heal, a lot of things feel uncomfortable because we're doing things differently. I mean, think about the first time you rode a bike, I'm sure you fell down. The first time you learned how to walk, you fell down a bunch of times. You know, you all of those things. You didn't do it right, you know, whatever that that thing was, you didn't do it right the first time you tried it. And it probably felt a little bit strange. But once you got used to it, it became normal for you. So if normal for you is unhealthy then healthy is going to feel kind of weird, which is why we keep attracting these toxic people, because healthy feels like, oh, what's what's wrong with this person?
0: <laughs> well, and they say that the hardest part of change is making a different decision today than you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Again, very often we equate the familiar with comfort. And because that we have that innate desire to feel safe and feel comfortable, Even if what we're actually doing is not safe and comfortable in the long run, we're going to continue to perpetuate those.
1: It wasn't until I started to notice some of the things in myself that I was able to notice when I was automatically going to old patterns of trying to help and save the person that I was dating or seeing, you know, my automatic was, I want to help. I want to prove, I want to show them how good love is. I want to, you know, I want to fight for this. And when I started doing the work, I started to say, oh, wait, I'm doing the same thing again. I don't want to do that again so again just because you're having a feeling doesn't mean you have to act on it and that's hard to have that kind of ability to look at what you're thinking about and not always act on it that's a really hard thing to do
0: well it's part of taking an active role in your healing and growth and that's probably the main reason why so many people stay stuck and wind up on their deathbed full of regret
1: you know if you always like the bad boys you know why is it that you always like the bad boys because they're fun it's exciting You know, so when you go to someone who is like peaceful and calm, that might feel boring. You know, I think it's, (laughs) I saw this up like a TikTok or something was, you know, it's really important. You should be dating the nerds. If they have a lightsaber and they, (laughs) and they, you know, they like Lord of the Rings and whatever, like those are the people that you should date. And I actually 100% agree with that. (laughs) It's not not all the way through. Of course, there are some nerds that are not healthy. (laughs) But, you know, if you have someone where, they genuinely, you know, maybe they haven't been the one that they, has stood out because they haven't been seen as the bad guy, you know, or the bad girl, because, of course, you go either way. But when we start to change what we're attracted to, we'll start to realize that calmness is actually way more exciting and fun than stressful and anxiety.
0: Well, sometimes people go for those bad boys, as you put it, because they want a pattern interrupt. Mm. They want something that's different, that feels like, you know, helps them feel more alive. You know, we have addictions to the adrenaline and the cortisol, you know, and it's not something that I think gets talked about often enough, but, you know, I I think the, the appeal to maybe the nerds, the, at least the segment of that population you're referring to is those people who are authentic. They are themselves. Mm -hmm. They let their freak flag fly. Mm -hmm. They they don't, you know, make decisions or choose things based on what other people think is cool or trendy.
1: And I'm going to, as we're talking about this, this made me think about this. Was another reason why, and this might feel a little bit uncomfortable, so lean into it a little bit, but we might keep attracting the same types of people because we don't want to look at ourselves. Because if we have to focus on somebody else's problems, if we have to focus on fixing the relationship and making it work and doing all of those things that takes up a lot of mental energy, guess what we don't have time for? Ourselves. And so then we don't have to look at ourselves and then we could say, well, I'm not working on myself because of this significant other, because of this relationship, because of my parents, because of my, you know, whatever reasons we give for it. But the more we're focused on these other people and what their problems are, we're not actually focusing on ourselves.
0: Well, if we have a, an underlying foundation of low self-esteem and low self-worth, we're not going to believe in our capability mm-hmm. to make positive changes. And we tend to get into patterns of self-judgment and criticism. Mm-hmm. So. If and when we do actually take a look at ourselves, we feel even worse for that.
1: Mm-hmm. And we might just feel with that low self-esteem and low self-worth, we might be looking for validation from the relationship. We might want someone else instead of feeling that within, because again, we've avoided it, we're looking to prove ourselves by having the other person tell us that we're good enough. So we're looking that with looking at that without instead of within. And we might feel undeserving of a healthy relationship. I think for a long time, it was like, oh, those healthy relationships aren't for someone like me. They're for somebody else. It was almost like it was so out of reach that it. why bother? You know, I, I'd like to go out and party, have fun, listen to live music and do all this stuff. And that attracted a certain type of person into my life. And then it was like the good guys seemed like they wouldn't be interested in those things. So why would they be interested in me?
0: I think another thing is that people make the mistake of feeling that the opposite of low self-esteem is arrogance.
1: Mm -hmm. And I don't
0: believe that's true. In fact, I think the valuable people are going to be the ones who recognize your value and particularly the value you see in yourself. I love the expression that says you'll never rise above your opinion of yourself. Mm -hmm. So fundamentally, believing that you're worthy and deserving of healthy relationships is absolutely crucial.
1: Mm -hmm. Another reason why we might get sucked into these patterns is because we're afraid that we're too much. We're afraid that the good ones were all taken. We're afraid of being alone and the alone thing. Oh my gosh. I hear that all the time in our groups with our clients. I mean, this is a thing that keeps people stuck in the toxic relationship and it keeps them going back to unhealthy people is because they're so afraid of being alone. But I will tell you that the most alone I have ever felt was when I was in a toxic relationship. Sitting next to someone on a couch and not feeling like I can talk to them about anything because I'm afraid of walking on eggshells. I don't know what's gonna be used against me. I don't know how they're gonna react. That was way worse than ever being alone. And once you really embrace being alone, all of a sudden being alone is now freedom instead of having fear of being alone.
0: Well, for me, I think a big part of that, too, is that a lot of people in these situations don't have a relationship with their soul
1: mm. oh, that's, when yeah. you're
0: alone. And I think that's why it's so important. Part of the reason we encourage people to take time off in between relationships, mm-hmm. because you really have to learn how to become your own best friend mm-hmm. and biggest supporter and not to go down the, you know, the spiritual rabbit hole. But I feel that in looking back at my own life, the times where I felt most alone that's when I had the greatest opportunity to sort of commune with my soul, a part of me that knows beyond the facade and, and understands what's in my heart and actually cultivate a sense that even when I'm alone, I'm not truly alone. And practically speaking, it boils down to being okay with being alone. In fact, I attribute that as one of the, the real keys. to to our success in our relationship was prior to meeting one another, reaching a point individually where we felt so good, so comfortable being alone, that we weren't entering into any new relationship opportunities with any sort of sense of neediness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say desperation is a stinky cologne. You know, people can pick up on that when you don't have that foundation of self-love, a connection with your higher self. And so, therefore, you're going out looking for relationships to find your other half, to fill that void you feel in yourself. Mm -hmm. So being alone is actually a beautiful thing. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy. In fact, I think when you take the time to do the work by yourself, when you're not in a relationship or between relationships, you can really start to understand what you are truly worthy and deserving of
1: And when you start to really go through the work also, it's not just alone, like you can, you're not hanging out with anybody at all. You know, you get to really have the time, like, instead of being like, hey, honey, can I, uh, you know, do you want to go do this thing? It's, hey, I don't have to ask anybody. I can literally just do what I want. And so you get to start doing all the things that you, you start learning who you are and you start doing the things that you enjoy doing. And now all of a sudden your life is so filled with all the good things that you're doing that you enjoy doing. That you're going to start attracting those healthier people. So yeah, I mean, again, we have to shift that idea of what being alone really means. Because if you've never had a healthy role model of a healthy relationship, and we don't do the work, then you're going to keep finding yourself ending up in these same patterns because you're got, you're not going to recognize the signs. Because instead of filling up your own cup, you're filling you're going to whatever the other person wants. I mean, how many of us know people that start dating someone? And they never like football, for example. I'll just say that as an example because <laughs> that's a common one. They never like football and now all of a sudden they're watching, you know, every Sunday game. Now they know all the team's names, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like maybe they suddenly have this new interest in football.
0: Or maybe they're just a chameleon.
1: Or maybe they're a chameleon. And when you're a chameleon is normally a sign of some kind of trauma because if you have to fit into every single new scenario, that was probably used as a way to, you know, to take care of yourself for protection to be able to do that. Like, I want to blend in. I don't want to stand out. I'm going to do whatever everybody else likes. And when you do that, you're not firm in who you are and obviously showing what you want for your attraction of like, who's going to be attracted to someone who's a chameleon because you don't really know who that person is at all.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of power in assuming that position of emotional self-reliance and being able to to call your own shots, like you said, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's a responsibility. And if you haven't taken the time before in between relationships To find out what really makes you tick, what you're passionate about, you're going to just, again, be more likely to fall in with people who are all too ready and willing to tell you who you should be.
1: Mm, Yeah. It's okay to be firm in who you are. I mean, it's good to be open-minded and and listen to other people's perspectives, but you should feel comfortable in your own skin. You shouldn't be afraid to speak up for yourself. I mean, There's topics that David and I see very differently on, and it's totally okay. You know, and there's things even like I love camping in the woods and that's not really David's thing.
0: Well, I had a lot of that when I was growing
1: up. <laughs> I did, too, but I really love it. And, you know, but again, and those aren't things that's not going to keep us fighting. And if he doesn't want to do it necessarily, I'm not going to force it either. But again, and being in that kind of partnership where you realize, hey, we don't have to have everything in common. We don't have to see eye to eye. It's more about having that respect for each other and the respect for each other's difference of opinions and different thoughts. You don't have to be someone else just because you're trying to make somebody else happy is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's important that you have shared values, shared core values. But relationships should be about freedom, not control. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. You'll know that you're in a better place in a relationship when you feel free and not tied down. Because before, David, I was felt tied down. Yeah. So what can you do, and hopefully this is helpful so far, but we want to go through what is it that you can do to actually start making the shifts, and we, we, we kind of layered it in as we were talking about all the things to, of why we do it, but what are the things that we can do to actually start attracting healthier relationships and not really being attracted to those toxic people anymore? Well, like we said, number one thing, get to know who you are, get to know what you want, you know, have some self-reflection, look at some of your past traumas, the triggers, the patterns that you've had in the past that have kept you stuck, see a therapist, have a coach, you know, do specialized trainings and, and workshops and things like that to really help you get focus on who you are and what you want for yourself. Journaling. We love journaling. Right. So journal your any feelings that you have journal things that you're learning as you go along, because you really want to make sure you're building yourself a That's really at the base of all of it. We really like positive affirmations. Those are a good one. You know, pay attention to what you're thinking about. Even, you know, are you. Telling yourself negative things like, oh, you're always attracted to the bad guy. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you're being too picky. Oh, all the good ones are bad. You know, if you start looking at, again, you're paying attention, you're aware of what you're thinking about and you start changing some of those thoughts in your head and start using positive affirmations or, you know, like working with David with psych or something like that. You know, there's things that you can do to change what your automatic reactions are and what your automatic beliefs are.
0: Yeah. So it's really about starting by getting this shadowy stuff that you've kind of kept in the background Mm -hmm. to the forefront, to the surface. You can begin to examine it, identify what recurring thoughts and beliefs are not supportive, and then start to consciously choose to shift in a different direction.
1: So setting and setting boundaries. We'll, We'll add that in there, too you know, being able to say no and not be worried about saying no. We're always afraid we're going to offend or hurt somebody else, but you're the one who's in charge of your life, which also goes along with your self-care. I just had this conversation this morning with a client of ours where she's very stressed out and very overwhelmed. And I said, well, how's your self-care going? And she was like, it's non-existent. And I will tell you the first thing that all of us seem to do is they, as soon as things get stressful, we throw taking care of ourselves out the window. But what we teach clients is, especially when things are stressful, that's when you need the self-care the most.
0: Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. No,
1: so that's when you get your meditation, that's when you're working out, you're making sure you have your green smoothies, your water, You know, your seven to eight hours of sleep every night. I mean, all of those things are a must if you're going to keep going through the hard times, because even if you are in a wonderful relationship, stress happens, life happens. And so whenever things are going on, you need to keep making sure it's not selfish, because a lot of us are told it's selfish to think of ourselves, But we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves.
0: Yeah. And this doesn't require a major overhaul of your daily habits either. It's Mm -hmm. really more about consistency and creating a routine. So even if it's when you wake up in the morning, first thing, Mm -hmm. say out loud three things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been said win the morning you win the day and it's like we say all the time, small hinges swing big doors. Mm -hmm. So it starts again with identifying what's actually going on, bringing these things to the surface through journaling, talking to a therapist, working with a coach, for example, and then starting to make those shifts consciously deciding and affirming, okay, this is what I want to experience instead. Mm -hmm. I love it.
1: And so the importance of all of this really is making sure that you are getting the support You know, again, through a coach, therapy, I mean, outside support, because a lot of us feel like we can do it all ourselves. That's what we do as professionals. We're very good at problem solving. And when it comes to these relationships, you need someone on the outside to notice the things that you're doing wrong, because if we knew how to do it, we would do it already. This is what's natural to us. So like we said earlier, you're going to fall into automatic mode without even realizing it. So you want to make sure you have somebody on the outside who is aware of how to help and what guidance, support and tools and the accountability and all that important stuff to really help you to grow and become that person that is no longer attracted to those toxic people and actually be able to shift who you're attracted to.
0: Yeah. And one of the key life lessons I learned is that it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. Mm -hmm. This is not just even necessarily a a temporary thing to get you out of the hole that you're in. Mm -hmm. The most successful people in any area of life whom you admire, generally speaking, they themselves have coaches and shifting to a, a state where you are in constant, never ending improvement. You're embracing your own growth, education, personal development, This is a a really powerful way to get unstuck and start to build momentum to become the type of person who you dream of being, who I like to call your superhero self, the person who naturally thinks, feels and behaves in ways that creates and attracts the kind of life that you want.
1: So hopefully this was helpful for everybody who is listening right now. I think this is something that we need to start shifting in order for us to really make those big changes that we're looking at. We actually are doing currently a promotion for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So definitely send us a message um, if you're interested in getting more information about the new program that we have for people who are really looking to make that big shift for themselves. Absolutely. We would love to hear your thoughts on topics that we can talk about. This is all about all of you. So if you can give us a minute and go to our website, www.toxiclovepodcast.com, and share any potential topic ideas. Or just send me a direct message. We really want to hear from every single one of you because we want to make sure we are bringing you information that is going to be helpful towards for you, that is going to help you to heal and really start helping you to create the life that you are excited to wake up to. every Absolutely. All right. It was great hanging out with all of you tonight. And never forget, you are way stronger than you realize. See you next episode.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Toxic Love Podcast. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your shows. One lucky listener every single week who subscribes and posts a review on iTunes will be entered for a chance to win the grand prize VIP drawing with Stephanie McPhail herself. Be sure to head on over to ToxicLovePodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Stephanie's Gift and join us next time.